I'm Dr. Alan Walker, and I would like to welcome you again to, I think this is the sixth podcast of Being Human. And with us today, we've got a good friend of mine, Dimitri Easy. And Dimitri um, is uh, someone who was not born in this country. We'll explain more about that later. He's here, uh, lives in this country with his wife and his, uh, his child. Um, and Dimitri's interested in many things very similar to me. Um, spirituality, he's interested in, in music. And uh, he enjoys festivals, as I do, and travel. So um, I wanted to bring him on because, of it. well, to be honest, he likes to talk about all the things I like to talk about. So uh, welcome, Dimitri. I'm glad to have you on. Thank you. Um, Thank it might you. be a good idea just if we start off um, just talking about whereabouts you're originally from and, um, and also your wife and um, where your parents you know, where your parents live, whether they live in this country or where, where they're living now, are they still alive? What do they do for a living, that sort of thing? Sure. Yeah. So I came from Latvia, which is northern eastern Europe. Never heard uh, of it, no. <laughs> doesn't ring a single bell. Uh, it's uh, right on the border with uh, Russia. And uh, it has long history of changing sort of... Uh, governments uh, they used to be russia then used to be german used to be under sweden now it's independent um yeah so my parents came from latvia as well but uh, none of them live in latvia neither me uh, because uh, when we economy is improving but about 18 years ago when i moved to uk it was a bit still uh state after Soviet Union collapse where it was change of uh, it was massive kind of economical and political uh, crash or disaster which uh, changed a lot uh, yeah and we have uh, moved out uh, how old were you then I was 20 22 2004 I moved yeah you're working at the time or uh, yeah yeah actually I was working in a uh, doing uh, p- painting, decorating, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I hated it. And we had this uh, new flat, not new flat, old flat, which we were ma- making it up. And uh, there was cockroaches, thousands, yeah. thousands of them, yeah. which I had to uh, exterminate. exterminate before I start work on it. And I was swearing, I was spraying all this. We were working with a mask, and uh, and I received a call from a friend who already moved here. And he offered me a job. That's probably the worst job I've ever heard yeah. in my life. <laughs> you have to clear out yeah. the dirt and the cockroaches yes. before you can start yeah. and get it painted. And yeah. Yeah. it's just like I'm 22. It's, yeah. it's if too you go early late shift, you come into the kitchen, turn the lights off, and they just thousands of them. Yeah, goes everywhere. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, and he, I I didn't think straight away. I said yes, uh, without even knowing where I'm going. You know, because we were like. Uh, uh, cling to any opportunity. After that job, we didn't care where yeah, you were going. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no longer Latvia. Yeah, yeah. So I moved to a nice place called Weymouth, and uh, where I was working in uh, like welding. And oh, UK. Yeah, UK. Yeah. Weymouth. Yeah, Weymouth, UK. Oh, I've heard yeah. of Weymouth, UK. It's beautiful yeah. down there. <laughs> Lovely place, seaside. I born near seaside, so it really resonated with me. And um, however, it was not much engineering. I was a welder at the time work in fabrication welding and after six months was no more work so then when I moved to Northampton and stayed here since. Where did you meet your wife? Uh, I met my wife uh, in Latvia we actually went to school together 
but then didn't see each other for 15 years. And then on the social networks, by accident, we sort of Wow. Met. Yeah. That was amazing. I didn't yeah. realize that you met. You met yeah, that. that's it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's actually, uh, it's, it's more to that story, but I'll tell you. you know, okay. At some other occasion. Uh, um, yeah. And my parents actually, then after I would have moved, my parents moved as well. My my mother is now in Germany. My dad actually in Wellingborough. Okay. He's in another family. Yeah. Yeah. I think Germany sounds better than Wellingborough, but um, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I might regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just standard story of uh, thousands and thousands of uh, immigrants, like from Eastern Europe, from just uh, moving first. It's uh, for like better money, better life, more stability, because you can get a job. I had a nice job before that, Cockroach things, but it was like uh, you get paid maybe once a month, and then three months. Oh, sorry, we haven't got money, you have to wait, and you have to feed your family and live on something, yeah. pay your bills, but there's no stability. So that's what most of us moved down here first. But then as, when you got this stage of like... Uh, you know, okay, I'm now established here, and now have stable job and thing like this. Then you start looking for some kind of hobbies. That's where you start discovering other opportunities, which uh, this beautiful country will give you as well. So I'm grateful for that. Man. So you're a coded, coded welder. Yeah. Okay, and with that gives you an opportunity to travel a bit more, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. In fact, I used to be coded welder, but now I moved up and I'm working as a welding engineer. So. I don't weld anymore, but uh, I do a bit more uh, service, maintenance, qualification, certification, um, quality control, and so on, so on. So. And what do you do for, for, for health, that sort of thing? Are you careful about what you eat, careful about what you drink, you know? Yeah, actually, a I big was... big boozer? Yeah, uh, I, well, I said, <laughs> it's a bit stereotypical, but uh, <laughs> Eastern Europe is famous for you know, drinking and so on. So uh, I came from a family where it was normal, you know, everyone like had a like a beer, vodka, and so on. And uh, but I always felt it's not my thing. Um, uh, I was yeah, I was at a period where I was drinking a lot of alcohol. But then at some point I decided, you know, I need to stop it because it just it drains your energy with these hangovers and so on. Uh, and I started drinking less, and then less and less and less, and then at some point I was like one beer a month, and then decided if I don't drink, why not stop completely, you know? So now I two and a half years, no alcohol, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it actually. So because uh, I feel my brain, my brain improved, and so on. I don't judge other people, it's their own, everyone course, has yeah. their own thing. But uh, yeah, it gave me because uh, I was doing also actually capoeira, which is Brazilian martial arts, and there's a lot of movements, acrobatics. So it helped me be be more healthy as well. So I also started. Uh, What's it called? Capoeira. Okay, and yeah. where is it from? It's from Brazil. Okay, it's really fun martial arts. It's a blend of martial arts and dance and music. Like jujitsu? Uh, no, no. It's more. Uh, it's a blend of martial arts and dance. If you if we had time, I can tell you a bit more about that. So in Brazil, the slaves used to use it as a, a sort of martial arts. Uh, they used to practice it uh, and use it as resistance against the masters 200 years ago or so. 
uh, then at some point uh, oh, they would get away with the practicing of it because it looked yeah. like they were dancing <laughs> no at some point basically how it was uh, they realized uh, that it's a quite uh, strong power and they banned it so they're not allowed to practice capoeira on the streets nowhere if they see you they took you in prison so what they decided to do they decided okay we pretend we dance so they start playing music most of them worked in the docks and they're like a big circle of people and people like dancing Actually, breakdance partly came from that culture as well. Did it? And some of the original movements and breakdance came yeah. from Copuera. So, and then when police watching them, they dance. Some police gun, they fight. And that's how they blended fight and dance and music together. So right. they were using some original kind of uh, musical instruments from African and uh, Cuban, not Cuban, um, Latin sort of Spanish culture. Okay, yeah. It's a sort of blend. Yeah, yeah, and it's become like a part of their culture, and it's uh, very, a lot of fun. Yeah. How long, so, how many years you've been doing this? Uh, about four or five years. But lately, I had a bad back, so I can't do it as much as I'd like to. Hence, yeah. hence, how we got yeah. to know each other a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. music is a big part of it. So, um, yeah, I still play instruments like a drum, and there's a, another instrument called birimbau, which is like grand, grand, granddad of the guitar or any string instrument. Right, okay. Yeah, so it's a single string instrument. You hit it with a, a stick. Yes. And it makes African. Nice. Uh, it was originally from Africa, then Brazil slightly modified it. And uh, yeah. So it's a lot of fun. So you play drum? Yeah. And you play the birimbau? Yeah. Uh, what else do you play? Uh, yeah, well, um, another thing. Uh, I was always technical person, like a welding. I was interested in computers as well, so I was looking for where where should I sort of uh, which career I should choose. And but at some point when I was about thirty five, I decided now I can't do it anymore. It's all this battle stuff, all this electronic, all this software, computers. It was like my hobby, you know. And uh, so no, I said I can't take it anymore. I was sitting uh, at home and doing some kind of programming after work and my son pulling me saying come on daddy play with me it was about three or four or five years at that time at that time and uh you know i just couldn't take it it was a computer was just you know this digital world drug it in and i decided no i said i stop and uh pick ukulele start playing ukulele then drums always was interested with it, mm. in it but never got chance to actually uh, take it and progress with it. So yeah, slowly I start buying instruments, different drums, ukulele, jingles, shakers, uh, um, flute, and a few others. You start, yeah, and then start. As soon as you start picking up instrument, you uh, start meeting people who also play instruments, like jam nights. There's so many opportunities in Northampton. You can go and uh, like uh, open mics. Uh, where, where, like where? Uh, there's a place called Carmana. It's like a veggie restaurant. Uh, and it's, it's what, sorry? Carmana. Yeah. yeah and what sort the, of restaurant is it? It's like a vegan, yeah, vegetarian okay. restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and the owner is a drummer. Like, uh, and they have a jam nights once a month. And we just bring your instrument and join in. And no judgment. You don't have to be a musician. You know, and it's, we have different people coming every month with different instruments, with different energy, and it's just beautiful. 
sometimes we come up with different rhythms, with different melodies, just improvising all the time, no preparation. Different yeah. with lots of different people from different cultures as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a bit mix of Latin music, a bit of Eastern European, a bit of Indian, English, uh, whatever. Yeah. No, oh, that sounds that sounds fun. That's something mm. I may be doing in in the, in the future. Yeah. Uh, quite interesting is that, is that you have your stringed instruments. You know, it's just about I play the flute, I play ukulele, I play guitar. That's you it. know, yeah, I've we got should move up. Got the djembes, of course, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. What one one day? Just that, uh, one thing that sort of crossed my mind. There's not really an interesting. A story to how someone comes into this country. Do you want me just going back to yeah. that and asking you how sure. did you? Was there a, an interesting story of how you, you travelled? Did you come by train? Did you come by plane? How did you get to the first time you came to the UK? Uh, well, first of all, I was lucky that in 2004, Latvia joined European Union. So before that, no, the visas was, weren't a problem. Yeah, yeah, so I could just come and start yeah. work here. Uh, however, the first time it was <laughs> quite difficult. Uh, I was actually, for example, talking about English. At school, I had the highest marks. Uh, I thought I'm uh, the best in class. My English exam was wonderful. A-levels English was super. And I came here and uh, f- arrived on this plane. I just took, a, bought a ticket, uh, packed up the bag. How old were you, 24? Uh, yeah, 22, yeah. Hmm. After all this yeah. cockroach yeah, things. Yeah. Three days later, I already... <laughs> Flown, flown in and arrived to Heathrow and okay I need to buy a drink so I come to the Boots or something with H. Smith and ask for can I have a drink please and uh, the lady behind the counter she asked me something and I go I'm sorry and she's no I just want a drink and she what language she speaks I mean and I said, could you please repeat? And she's, uh, she's like, do you, would you like uh, like a Diet Coke or Zero Coke or something like that? Yeah, but so the, the way she said is, that... Yeah, the speed was, was she just, said it was too I fast. I felt, you okay, said. all right. So we got <laughs> over that. But then I arrived to this factory where I should work and in the morning. So you, you arrived by plane? Yes. Okay, Not at the go. back of the lorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's much, much better way of it's arriving. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, next day I went to work and it was, and it was exactly the same. I couldn't not communicate, you know. At the point, I thought I'm not going to get a job because uh, it was like... Um, so this agency already arranged, so we're going to arrive, they're going to support us in the first steps. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I arrived, I have an interview, or then I already had a job. But yeah, yeah. nevertheless, uh, the communication was absolutely, absolutely difficult. It took me not more than a year to get used to pronunciation, to, in order to understand that. And my English, perfect English, which I've been taught in school, London is the capital of Great Britain, you know, how, like, how mm-hmm. they, but uh, they couldn't understand me either. So, because... Uh, I, I, you were learning yeah. the base language. So, oh, I, I know yeah. how you feel, I'm doing it the same. Yeah. I'm learning Ukrainian at the moment. And yeah. uh, it's, it's obviously the alphabet is different. Um, what is a B in, uh, in the UK is a, is a V in, uh, in Ukrainian. You know, it's a, it's a real... All, everything's mm-hmm. mixed up, jumbled up. Ends are, ends are P's yeah. and P's are R's. It's a, it's a mess. Yeah. But it's, um, and what we would normally, you know, we, we have our alphabet in the UK. 
suddenly changes the 33 symbols in uh, Ukrainian. So yeah, I'm enjoying myself at the moment. And I'm certainly, this will be my third trip coming up in October to mm-hmm. Ukraine. All right. So I'm excited about going back there and using my very pigeon Ukrainian. Hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll probably get bored of that within <laughs> probably the first 15 minutes and go back <laughs> to speaking English and wait for those <laughs> the, them to suddenly sink into English and then start speaking that language to me. So yeah, I'm ex- quite excited about u- using language and I'm quite aware of how difficult it is when you go to, you learn language then go to mm-hmm. a country mm-hmm. and find that it's totally different when you get there what yeah. you've learned and how it works no. and the speed is a, is a totally different thing speed yeah. can change things can't it uh, so, so well, the other thing I was interested in as well is, is with, with yourself um, every country in a, uh, every culture has different ways of doing food mm-hmm. and uh, I've obviously spent a couple of evenings with you in the, in the past and your wife and, and your son and see how your family eat and fresh vegetables um, obviously organic you go out your way to find food that's in this in British culture, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's your sort of process behind all that? How do you work out? You know, you'd, I've not seen you drink um, anything with sugar. Um, I know that you, you sometimes fast. How, you know, what's, what's, your, what's your idea on, on food consumption and health? Well, it's quite difficult as well. One of the things uh, which um, I've, I've found that every uh, different countries have different sort of uh, attitude to the food and standards are a bit different, you know. So, uh, um, a lot of people find British English food is a bit, uh, or cuisine is a bit boring, you know, compared to Spanish, French, where, you know, uh, it was difficult for me as well in the beginning um, to adjust to the habits and things you buy in the shops. Uh, because food is completely different, you know, packaging is different, preparation is different, and uh, it's a bit big country, it's a bit more processed food here as well, uh, but um, where where I come from, uh, there's more local farmers, more, uh, less processed food, more something you buy and cook yourself, but it's improving now actually, because a lot of people a bit more a bit more conscious what you mean in this country it's yeah, improving okay. when I 2004 uh, and now there's more, much more variety of organic stuff and uh, labels like a, uh, local grown stuff and yeah it's, it's improved a lot yeah we buy organic uh, I do when I can but I'm not really uh, fast about it I, I believe I don't know that our planet's a bit contaminated now so even organic stuff Perhaps it's not 100% organic. No, no, I, I, I don't uh, doubt that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I completely agree. I, I think that things are that are um, organic. I heard that uh, mm-hmm. on the Waitrose shelves at the moment that the organic uh, area. Um, a friend of mine was went in there and asked about. He'd been told that the some of the vegetables had been sprayed with something with a pesticide mm-hmm. and a chemical that would make them also last a bit longer and asked the cashier, knowing the cashier wouldn't know. So the cashier asked the supervisor. The cashier, the supervisor didn't know. The supervisor went to the manager, and the manager said, I'll find out, and came back. It all happened within 15 minutes, mm. and said, yes, actually, there was the um, organic mm. food had been sprayed yeah. with a coating, um, which would have made it usually, if it was done at the farm, it would no longer be classed as oh, really? organic. Okay. So there's all sorts of things happening yeah, at the moment. Yeah. But not to say that 
for me, my choice is to buy organic mm-hmm. because you are supporting the farmers who mm-hmm. are trying their best to so, keep things in the, the, in the pattern well. of nature. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think going off the pattern of nature, mm-hmm. it can only go one way. So sure. um, I will still be buying from places like Waitrose and mm-hmm. in the organic mm-hmm. place. And I will certainly go to the, I go to farmers, um, I don't go to farmers markets, but there are a few farms around Daventry that I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a garden centre also that sells vegetables and meats and that are all organic. And they're very proud of what they, they stock in there. So I'm very happy to go there as well. So there are places and it, it feels it fills my heart to actually help and support these people and yes it is sometimes more expensive but I'm afraid um, what will happen in the end anyway when the organic people have yeah. gone if they do lose uh, the fight mm-hmm. well, food will go up it'll all go up yeah, anyway yeah, it's, it's yeah. all about profits isn't it so while, they, while they're there and I hope they stay I'll be supporting them I think everyone mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing if people do so um do you, your family, it's important that you... I think I've only ever seen you drink water. You don't drink alcohol. No, not anymore. There's like two and a half years, no alcohol. Yeah. Actually, I became vegetarian three, three and a half years ago and vegan since New Year. Okay, so, so. vegetarian, no alcohol. No. Then you went to being uh, vegetarian. First vegetarian, then no alcohol, yeah. then vegan okay. since New Year. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you survive? You know, you look so healthy. How do you? Uh, well, it's, again, I think it's quite big uh, misconception that all this vegan you need meat and so on. So maybe I don't think maybe veganism or vegetarianism is not for everyone. You know, some people can't just can't like my wife. I'm actually the only one vegan in the family. So cooking is a bit of a bit of a challenge. Uh, we used to like cook and share the food together. Now probably we share thirty percent of cooked food, you yeah. know. Uh, but uh, most of it I have to cook my, for myself. Uh, yeah, uh, I, it was like uh, you know this veganery stuff, like uh, year resolution. Okay, for one month I become vegan, see how it goes. And I decided, well, I'll do that. And actually, I so enjoyed it. Realized it's not that difficult. I and don't I think it is very difficult for yeah. Eastern European type cultures because you're used to eating raw foods, vegetables, you know, sitting with a load of things, get, get a sharp knife, start cutting up mm. your fruit and veg and and, and eating yeah. it on a plate. It's, that's yes. all the preparation yeah. you need. Lots of bright colours. This is pretty much vegan, but it's the only thing, obviously, is without, it's without the meat. It's yeah. without the eggs. It's it without is, the yes. dairy, isn't it? So it's, It is true, but at the same time, when I go to Latvia... Uh, it's miles away as uh, it, it, it's not nowhere near as popular as in the UK so if I go to the shop uh, there's a shelf like that with a vegetarian food mm-hmm. none of them is vegan so actually when I go to Latvia I sometimes have to revert to vegetarian because otherwise there won't be nothing to eat unless mm-hmm. I just uh, so does that affect your stomach when you go from vegan to vegetarian no 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 it's difference at all. No, I do it like once a year when I go on holiday. Even, uh, but as a lot of Eastern Europeans are like big meaters, meat eaters. Y- yes, it's true about fresh veggies and so on. But same time, it all comes with meat. And uh, when when you say I'm vegan here in UK, people respect it. Oh yeah, well done. When you say I'm vegan in Latvia, people. Well, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I agree with people respect you if you're vegan in this country I think they might smile and go okay, oh, okay. you're yeah, one of those yeah, but actually yeah. it, it is pretty much oh mm. you're one of those mm-hmm. yeah it's um, 
It's it's always a pain in the ass. It's the biggest problem that we get is when someone comes mm. to your home yeah, yeah. and you're cooking them dinner and yeah, they say yeah. they're vegan and uh-huh. then you've got to go, right, I haven't got a clue what yeah. that means. That's, I think that's yeah. where Britain is at the moment, sure. generally. Yeah. It's like, does that mean you know, there'll be a discussion uh, in the kitchen? Does that uh, mean they, they can, we, need, we can cook with butter or we can't cook with butter? Yeah. Can we cook with this oil? Mm. Can we cook with that yeah. oil? Now, what's in, what's yeah. out? It's it's quite. So I think vegan, a bit of a problem. Vegetarian, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. By the way, I was a vegetarian for a year. I went vegetarian, okay. and um, I came away from the vegetarian food because I wanted to become more healthy. Mm-hmm. And all I found was I'd put on a stone at the end of it. Yeah, which is a common scenario. Yes. So I thought before yeah. I put on any more weight, yeah. I'm just going to step mm-hmm. away from this temporarily. And uh, just carry on with the organic situation. Uh-huh. And yeah, uh, I don't. We don't eat a lot of meat anyway. Um, we tend to uh, focus when we do eat meat on on fish, mm-hmm. uh, fresh fish, uh, which often I'll catch myself. You know, I do a bit of trout fishing. Mm-hmm. You probably don't want to hear this, Dimitri, but uh, it is true. And uh, yeah, so this this is where I'm getting my organic yeah, fresh yeah. food from. Yeah. And uh, we, but like I say, we don't eat a great deal. I'd probably eat less than a cigarette box of mm-hmm. of meat a day mm. which is a lot less than than most people and I, i've got quite a big frame to sort of um to feed and i've done well the other thing i do which i don't know about yourself do you fast yes i do uh intermittent fasting lately i haven't done so much since i actually become vegan i don't need to do it as much no. uh oh another thing of benefits when i become vegetarian well, what i noticed straight away it's my energy levels uh rather than being like that they become like much of, more even yeah. yeah for example after having uh heavy dinner with some meat especially with having red, what's that heavy heavy i mean not i mean a full dinner you know yes like a big a, dinner yeah like or a dinner. big large breakfast yes, yeah you feel a bit like because your body needs a lot of energy to digest it process it yeah and then during this process you're a bit lazy robbing pizza to pay paul a little yeah. bit yeah so i found when uh, now i feel much more energy yeah. so uh at work Good example. Uh, I work until quarter past four. By three o'clock, I'm, I used to be sleepy. Now I was like, oh, I don't want to go home. Now I'm full of energy, ready to go until five, and so on. Uh, I can sleep better because my uh, my quality of sleep improved. Because if I eat in the evening, say six, seven o'clock, have a meal, have a chicken or pork or whatever, uh, your uh, the digestion process is quite long. So while you sleep, again, body spends energy rather than rather recovering. So it's not resting, not it's resting. actually yeah. still working. So now I, I, I used to sleep eight hours, now it's seven hours for me. It's more than enough. So there are benefits, and uh, I don't need to drink coffee, and, uh, don't need to drink coffee to boost my energy yeah. levels. Again, uh, they like uh, more level. So mm-hmm. with coffee, you have a uh, big energy intake, not intake, I was uh, you know, after coffee, half an hour, one hour, yeah, and then it, it drops yeah. now a bit more level. Yeah, and uh, fasting, uh, same thing. Uh, rather than fast, I just have big intervals between meals. Not like a day fasting, but I do like there's different, like 8, 12, or 8, 16, something like okay. that. Yeah, sometimes I practice that. I do 16, 17 hours uh-huh. every day, and I've been doing it now oh, for the last two months. really? Wow. Excellent. And um, so, yeah, but I do drink black coffee during that time. Um, I certainly get through uh, two and a half to three litres of water a day, fil- filtered water as well. Mm, I won't too, drink too, from the tap. Yeah, me too. 
So I'm taking out the chlorine and the fluoride because mm. I think it's. I'm glad it's in there, but I don't want to. Uh, it keeps the water good until mm-hmm. it gets to the, my tap, and then after mm. that, I want to be putting it in a glass that is not going to be going into my into my body. If it's good enough to kill bacteria, then it's going to be killing living things, and I don't want living things dying in my body. Mm-hmm. I'm a living thing, so I filter all that out, and then uh, I drink, you know, like I say, two and a half liters, three liters of filtered water a day, and that works well for me. Um, so you said that your wife is not a vegetarian. No. So she's just eating normal food? Yeah, she just loves the taste of uh, meat and um, she doesn't like... Well, one of the the reasons why it's made me so easy to go vegan and vegetarian and vegan is uh, I started enjoying Indian food. So it's a lot of lentils, a lot of uh, hot food, rice, and uh, so it's easy to cook it. Uh, You do curries and this kind of food and I enjoy it and so and it's very healthy and you're living in Northampton so is it easy to get hold of yeah this? local Indian shops if sell a lot of um, products to make uh, Indian cuisine and I have some friends who gave me some good recipes and yeah everyone, and I've become so creative with the uh, with, uh, cooking where I wasn't never was because with one of you meat eater it's very easy to become lazy you know have a steak have something else yeah simple and you have most of nutrients from the simple foods with, with being vegetarian or vegan you need to be more creative to get more variety of different grains different vegetables different uh, foods in order to get all the nutrients you need otherwise you might get a bit of deficiency like b12 and so on uh, so that's actually puts a lot of people off they think oh it's getting too complicated you yeah know? Need, uh, because people are lazy, you know, they want a quick food, this junk, and you know, all this junk food culture. Uh, but now it's becoming much easier because there is a lot of vegan food, vegan big counters and Tesco's waitress. Uh, if you uh, I use it sometimes, processed food as well, although uh, you just, you know, I haven't got time, uh, I need just something quick. What about oils? What sort of oils are you using? I know there's a lot of um, people writing at the moment about, you know, a lot of the oils that we're cooking and frying with have, were originally designed for engineering, mm. Mm. For, um, for, oh. for the vegetable oil used and designed for this viscosity, special viscosity mm. for certain um, pr- pr- uh, ways of using it with mechanics. Um, and suddenly someone had the great idea that actually we maybe we could sell this to the general public for mm. cooking foods. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a massive amount of information mm. to find out about mm. that. So the uh, the only bottles I was told you should buy as far as oil is concerned is try you're pretty, not to say you can't buy plastic mm-hmm. bottled oil, but you're much more likely to get a good inert oil. Mm-hmm. That's used for cooking if you buy it out of a glass bottle. Okay. So anything yeah. in plastic bottles, they really don't care too much about the quality of, of the oils. Mm-hmm. But it's, again, it's massive. You can't just go on, listen to a podcast and mm-hmm. think, oh, it's just glass. You really need to read a lot about this stuff yeah. and to learn. Right. But of course, the more you learn about it, the more there, there is to learn. And it really does open up a bit of a nasty box there. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I tend to buy glass. It just went on and on. It becomes almost a uh, a hobby when you're dealing with food, doesn't it? Yes. So uh, organic, where you buy your food from, is it really organic? 
how much water should I be drinking? Should I be sure. eating salt? We, oh, yeah. oh, you shouldn't. So yeah, it, yeah. there's salt in me. What sort of salt should we be eating? And then sure. the next minute you're thinking about whether well, you do need some sort of salt. Yeah, Himalayan salt is very good. Oh, yeah. great. So Himalayan salt's good. And what else are other sort of salts? And it goes on yeah. and on uh-huh. and on and on. I know exactly what you're saying. Actually, in oils, you can go even next level up. Uh, I have a friend which inspired me, and I'm, that's my next level. You buy oil press and uh, do oil yourself so she have this oil press and so she binds grains or anything you can make oil from even hemp for example mm-hmm. uh, so for example you buy a bag of hemp load this press and press it it's automatic or hand pressing where you like uh, there's a like um, threaded um, press yeah I understand or, yeah. yeah and then uh, leave it then uh, within 24 hours or so maybe more drop by drop you have a little jar of oil which you made yourself out of something you just yeah uh, yeah and it's absolutely it's i love this idea that's my next step is well, to buy for, one of for these me, it seems you can't go too far wrong with a glass no. bottle of olive oil and yeah. so that's that's what i'll be <laughs> that's yeah. what i'll be sticking to with, with all of the food the, the your, your sort of general lifestyle it sounds like you're bordering on buddhism uh well <laughs> i actually am buddhist uh, i was initiated as buddhist in 2005 when i went to tibet you went uh, to tibet so, yeah so well, there was three weeks in, in we just spent half an hour talking about northampton and foods uh-huh. and then you tell me that you uh you are buddhist and yeah. you went you lived in tibet okay but you know when we, we, all that means is we'll have to bring you on again another yeah. time. <laughs> Sorry, go, go on. But you know, if you're Buddhist, you believe that the, the temple in the world is inside of you. You don't have to go anywhere. You close your eyes, meditate, and you take yourself wherever you want. So uh, being there somewhere physically, it might not necessarily going to give you enough as, as much inspiration, uh, impression, us if you go inside of you and find these so but it's certain help so what you went on holiday there you traveled there we had a group like expedition so three days in nepal and then three weeks how old were you 20 it was year actually after i moved to uk right Uh, my first couple of grand which i can spend yeah you know in Latvia where are you going to go Benidorm yeah, uh, yeah, no yeah. no actually yeah, proper holiday I'm going to go to Tibet yeah. and see something okay. yeah so uh, I went with my mum her boyfriend yeah because they're into these kind of things like same as me actually I am uh, because of my mum she uh, I, I become sort of went same way as her yeah. and started interested in uh, spirituality and all you know, different things like Buddhism and other teachings, you know. Uh, yeah, and we went to Tibet. Uh, it was so good, so good. Uh, uh, people, people there, like they so poor. They don't have, don't have uh, luxury like we have. They live in uh, simple houses. Um, uh, they use yaks. Y- yak is uh, like animal. Uh, it's like a truck. Like they they use the axe for everything. They carry their goods. They uh, their pool. They they use it to cook uh, as a fuel to f- heat the homes, as a insulator to heat, insulate the house walls. 
to do milk as well. <laughs> so, so yeah, they're using these animals, the yak. Yes, the yak yeah, is for so, everything. Yeah, travel, uh -huh. the lighting fires yeah, with the manure because they don't have much vegetation. So they use whatever they. Uh, yeah, and they eat meat. You can't. Yeah, there's no vegetables. You can't be vegan there. So this is another thing. You know, some of the, the people in the world they just. It's the way they are. They, the part geographically located, they can't be vegetarian. You can't force them; they will die. <laughs> but there's ever so nice people. They all smile. They they got nothing. They got more money. They they have a they're struggling with the food. But you ask, are you happy? Yes, I am happy. You know, and you give them some gifts, uh, yeah, some you know, you share something. You know, give them jacket or whatever new new jacket some. Uh, maybe some digital device. No, was no phones mm -hmm. at that time, but I gave camera. Yeah, they're happy. It's for them. It's like a wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it made made me change my perception of the world. You know. Um, and it's, yeah. How long were you there for? Three weeks. Three okay. weeks. And we were, three weeks. You went Buddhist. Yeah, yeah. So we were. It was like I know we were traveling and stopped in different. It wasn't like a just for sake for Buddhism. We didn't stay at one place like a monastery. We were traveling, uh, say from Nepal up to the through the mountains, through the serpentine road into the plateau of Tibet, which is nothing. For three weeks, you're on these jeeps going along the, this desert, these beautiful views and the weather changing and. Uh, it, it was like a, the weather in Tibet is it's another topic of conversation you can have your s one hand in the sun and have a sunburn and have another s hand in the shadow and have a frostbite at the same time and that's literally what we had yeah uh, yeah mm. so what did you get from, from you know the, the, the people were good but did you feel an energy from the place yeah so I was looking for some kind of um, I was like, I think, oh, okay, Tibet is, I read a lot of books, it's a magical place, there's a lot of books, books about all these monks, you know, they, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a, there were a couple of books I read where there's basically, there's a monks which uh, guard in some kind of entrance in the hidden uh, passages in mountains where there are some kind of... Uh, uh, aliens buried in mm -hmm. three meters long and they don't want anyone to know about them but you know things, things like this stories yeah. like that so it was very very you know um, cu curious to see what it's like you know and uh, yeah and we went to certain some places uh, which considered to be as uh, places of power or some kind of history or something there uh, a special energy thing like this and there's a mountain called Kalash it's uh, it's mountain looks like a pyramid and they believe that uh, there's two religions in the world Buddhism Hinduism and there's another one three religions I apologize uh, which believe this is like a sacred mountain and it's apparently it's a uh, <laughs> uh, the border or the between our world and parallel world so it's very interesting it literally is, mountains look like pyramid and there's more one read a book i've read there's a certain distances between different uh, monuments around the world mm -hmm. which all have uh, like a uh, same 
mileage. Right, so between, between each. the Egyptian yeah. pyramid yeah. and this Kailash, between Kailash and uh, Stonehenge, right. and there is uh, uh, East Islands with the figures, and they're all connected into the network of some kind of thing like this, which been built by ancestors. So it was very, very fascinated. I was young, you know, I wanted to hmm. be there. But I was a bit disappointed because I didn't find any magic. I didn't find any, like, I don't know. Three so, meter high aliens. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. but it was a good experience, great experience, yeah. Um, uh, mm. so, but you, it was enough for, to um, offer you some a huge amount of spirituality. De- yeah, definitely, definitely. Because, you know. Did that, is that the energy. biggest thing that's changed you, do you think? It's one of them things. One of the things, things uh, is because energy is special there. Uh, and it's like a pilgrimage, you know. You walk. You actually, this mountain. You have to go uh, do a walk. And the Buddhist belief: every time you walk around it, you uh, revert your karma. You improve in your karma. So all the bad karma goes sort of away. So they believe in reincarnation. So one circle around it, you need to have less. Re- reincarnate one once less in, right. this, in this physical world. That's what they believe. And uh, the, and we were walking with that. You know, 5,000 meters, uh, there's no oxygen. So you do three steps and you like, you just run uh, st- around the stadium. Right. But Buddhists, yeah. they jump around in it. Or some others, they're very, very devoted Energetic, believers. They yeah. actually crawl around this mountain. It's three days. Yeah, three days, it's a path. So right. it's about, I don't know. 60 70 miles you have to walk around but yeah i had a temperature of 40 i had a fever and everything where the oxygen some people in our expedition were really poor state uh where to carry them but we made it and it's you know this kind of experience give you uh, uh changing you changing yeah you, you know absolutely. it's like a big meditation where you go and you think, oh, what i'm doing here i'm suffering you know the body's suffering but you believe some kind of, you know, you're going to get some. What are you looking to do in the future? Have you got any plans for the, the next sort of couple of years, things that you want to do, some, things that you were, some goals? Yeah, I'm interested in uh, in music, I'm a bit of music journey. I never been was a musician, never educated like musician. So I le- started doing music when I was 35, as many people before. Yeah, and now i uh, met quite a couple of good, uh, groups I'm uh, hanging around with like a jambi group capoeira group uh, like a jam nights in Kamana and I met a couple of musicians we were involved in certain sort of we have a couple of these but some projects or some jamming together and going to the festivals and the workshops so uh, yeah mm, so it's a lot lots of mixing with like minded yeah, people like minded people who are on the same yeah, journey of, yeah. of music and spirituality because uh, I feel find music really helps uh, spirituality is all about disconnecting from not disconnecting but um, how to say you know with, uh, with all this corporeal world uh, you are constantly scrolling this news feed TikTok Instagram you are you know, I believe we, we, we all want to have some kind of pleasures. We want to fulfill our uh, desires, fulfill our brain with some kind of information. And we're constantly f- looking for this. It's like a consumerism, you know, the consumerism, we, we want to eat, grab them, sh- 
find always something new to eat, you know, uh, where we get some energy. And same as information, uh, we also become very con- consuming information become one of the ours. It's like junk food, mm-hmm. same as junk information. So I believe you can actually be vegan as a the physically food eater, but it's also veganism uh, in regards of information. That's really interesting. Because if you eat, eat um, you keep consuming with junk information, well, there's hundreds of videos of TikTok. And it does us. affect us. It affects us. Yeah, the negative yes, vibration exactly. of the news and the yeah. things that might happen. Yeah. You know, this is going on, this is going on. It can af- actually affect us in the same way as yeah. eating McDonald's every day. You know, it's... Uh, and, and Burger King. Mm. Let's not leave them out. You know, so, and uh, and Kentucky Fried Chicken. And all the rest of the yeah, stuff. That's, that's massive amounts of uh, polluted oil, huge amounts of salts and sugars and fizzy drinks for your kids. And I believe that information... <laughs> Uh, if junk, junk information has a more uh, is stronger effect than even food, uh, because our brain is, con- is is the biggest consumer of energy, uh, physical and mental. So uh, yeah, so we are attacking our poor brain from all the Both sides. sides yeah. Yes, and uh, we all find you know when you on this phone a couple of three hours, you become a little bit more stressed a little bit more tense and uh, more unhealthy than you were when you yeah. started yeah so uh there's a couple of um before you started the meal yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey look dimitri i'm gonna have to wind it up on that but but only for this time because i definitely want to bring you back in fact uh-huh. i'm thinking uh, i brought brought in a, a good friend of both of ours actually a mutual friend um we brought daz and uh, there's a couple of things that i've got some questions for both you and daz and it might be good to bring you both in at the same time, so the three of us in the same room talking about things, but we'll probably do that in something like October, November, mm-hmm. if that's all right with you. Really, it's been a pleasure having you on here um, for the, 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 the sixth episode of Being Human. So again, thank you very much, my friend. No it's Thanks been a pleasure having, having you on there. Yeah. Really interesting thank learning you. about your family and your, your, your journeying and also your eating habits. And just, we didn't even talk about sleeping habits too much, um, but it, the whole thing's been really interesting. And of course, one of the reasons why we know is because you're one of my clients, as of a, uh, uh, my chiropractic clients. So yeah, it's, I've really enjoyed and thank you for, for accepting the invite and coming yes, on. So thanks very much. And if you've enjoyed the, the podcast today, then please like and subscribe. I know I've certainly enjoyed it. And I will look forward to doing it again for episode seven. Thank you. <laughs>